Hello, once again. Hello. We're back. Yet another. Yes, we are. Yet another episode of Couple Critique. This is. What is what is this? Six. Seven. Seven. Fight Club was six. Right. They never said we'd make it this far. There was no they to begin with. <laughs> that is also true. They is they is an illusion. Anyway, we're back, and we present you guys the first book episode of the series. Yes. And uh, it's a very interesting book, important book, important journey for us specifically with this book, which is which is why we're doing it. And we plan to do more books. We have Gone Girl next week. Yes, that's so, true. So lazy. Which is going to be fun. Yes. We're going to be comparing the book and the movie. And not like a not like a comparison on... Not like which one is better, but no, just, no, no. just the like differences about, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then uh, we hope to do more books. There's a possibility that we do Dune for next year. Like for next December next year. <laughs> because, oh, oh, wow. Because our boy Timothy Chalamet will be in Dune next year. Right. Dune part one. So hmm. that'll be a cool episode to do hopefully for 2020. I guess you guys will have to look out and see if that one happens. Yeah. But I think it'd be cool. And I have this big leather bound embossed designed edition of the book. So... It might be a fun one to do. But anyway, Life in Outer Space. Life in Outer Space. Which is not about outer space. No, it is not sci-fi related at all. There's I, no I, aliens. I don't, there's no space. I don't even remember not one thing relating to the title of this book. I'm not going to lie. I think it's honestly just because he loves sci-fi movies so much. Yeah, the main character. Interesting. It's like he's living his life out of reality. I guess that makes sense. Oh, so it's like a medical metaphorical title. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. It's not actually about a kid who lives his life in outer space. No. And I don't think that line is even uttered in the book not once. Well, there's no reason for it. Yeah, that's true. Not even by a character. Not even a character says. Sam, you're nope. living life in outer space. <laughs> no, because nobody pays attention. To Sam? Yeah, no, he has a sad life. Oh, you want me to read what the oh, cover yeah, yeah, says yeah. so that like we can get some sort of an idea of what the heck's going on? Yeah, yeah, let them know about the book. Okay. So I have the, I have the book with me, and on the inside flap... The little description, it says, Sam Kinison is a geek, and he's totally fine with that. He has his horror movies, his nerdy friends, and World of Warcraft, until Princess Leia turns up in his bedroom, worry about girls he will not. Then Sam meets Camilla. She's beautiful, friendly, and completely irrelevant to his life. Sam is determined to ignore her, except that Camilla has a life of her own, and she's decided that he's going to be a part of it. 
Sam believes that everything he needs to know he can learn from the movies, but now it looks like he's been watching the wrong ones. So it's it's just a nerdy kid. Who... Wow, that's almost the same as um, the Amazon one. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like almost exactly the same. The first sentence is different. <laughs> they just copy and pasted. Yeah, and changed the first sentence, thought nobody would notice. But we did. Yes. Anyway, so... Yeah, it's about a a nerdy kid who meets a girl. And his life gets turned upside down by this girl in a weird way. Um, You read this book first, so you should talk about, like... Because you... I read this book because you told me that this book was very special to you. I... Yeah, I read this book, I think... I think I was either a freshman or a sophomore in high school. I honestly can't remember at this point. I want to say sophomore. And for whatever reason, it was like, I don't know. I I really liked it. I, I don't, there wasn't any particular special message in there. I just really enjoyed it. And I really liked the characters. And you know how some things are just fun and it helps you feel less bored with life or less alone in life. Yeah. I think it was like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I understand that feeling. So it was one of those. I think that's why I love Star Wars so much as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Other than that it was cool. It was like, ah, oh, this is an escape from, like, everything. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, or, or that, and, that and, like, World War Two, It was like, and the kids like me at school? Well, I have the History Channel to go home to. Right? It's like you have something to keep you going. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, how, how I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't stop life now. I, I, have, I have to become a World War II historian by Friday. <laughs> I have to learn everything I can about the Battle of the Bulge by Thursday. That was my life. And that was kind exactly. of what this book was for you. Yeah, I mean, this book and some just books in general. Books. I would, I just, I, I read all the time. That's all I did. I would read stories and I would consume them and it would help me feel, I guess, better about everything that was happening. Yeah. Because high school wasn't exactly the greatest period of time. There's high school for like um, 99% of people just terrible. Honestly, I don't know why adults tell us, oh, it's the best years of your life. Don't wish it away. I'm like, bro, life has gotten so much better since I graduated high school. You lied. I think about high school and I'm like, bro, one good thing came out of high school. (laughs) Honestly, it's like, I got one friend out of high school. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there were some good things, but the bad outweighs the good almost all the time. It was like, it was like, it was like 70 30. Yeah. And sometimes 85, 15. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's what I did. I just, I read stories and then eventually I started writing stories and then I just kind of stopped caring about interacting with people. Yo, I feel you. <laughs> Until like end of junior year, senior year was like the most social year. That's when I actually met some people who weren't completely horrible. Oh, same. So, senior, wow. I got some good friends out of senior year. That's pretty dope. Yeah. My senior year, 
Yeah. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. <laughs> My senior year, yeah, the end. Senior year was interesting. At least, I don't know. Because I was like, I was like doing way better at school so I could like actually like focus on doing things I wanted. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like freshman and sophomore year, I like did not care about school to the point where I was like getting like D's in classes. And it was... Yikes. It was not good, and I paid so dearly for that. But then by junior year, I was like, F it. I could do the school crap. But I was also, like, mad depressed freshman and specifically sophomore year. I had, like, a really long just couple months of just straight-up depression that was, like, pervading my life. Um yeah, that makes everything so much more difficult. Yeah, exactly. It was just like really... even the hmm? 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 even the easy things. Yeah, exactly. I didn't want to do anything, and then junior year, I kind of like got out of that. Like I or I should say, I got better at dealing with it. So mm-hmm. then, like I was able to like oh, I'll watch movies and like do all this other stuff. And then senior year, I met probably the greatest teacher I've ever had, who didn't really teach me anything. Um, <laughs> and if she ever hears this, she's going to be upset that I said she didn't teach me anything, but I, I know, right? Yeah. But like all we did, but like, it wasn't like she was a teacher. It was more like she was just a friend and mm-hmm. we would just watch movies and talk about movies. And I was in her acting class and like, and I met some people there that I was like really good friends with. Um, and I don't know. Yeah. That was when I. That was when the obsession was like full on obsession of movies, Eduardo. That was like peak Eduardo movie obsession. Like go home. Was, like I would go home and watch like two movies a day. Wow. Or like binge shows like within a week. And then like it was like how how do you have time to do all this? And it's like I just do my homework during class when no one's looking. And then I go, well, my work here is done. And then I go home and do whatever I want. I mean, hey, that's a pretty good way to do things. So it was basically Sam. Yeah. Except pretty much. That, except without the horror movie part. See, when I found this book again, and I was, like, flipping through it, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is, he, he reminds me so much of you sometimes. <laughs> and then other times. Because he does. There are some things where I'm like, he would, Eduardo would definitely be doing this. But then other times I'm like, okay, Eduardo's not that ridiculous. No, I'm not this stupid. I'm stupid, no. but I'm not like that stupid. Sam. Sam? Sam, oh, I don't even know. There are decisions in this book that make me, I wanted to like burn this book. <laughs> like when I was, well, re- like I would be reading it at work. Or, or when I was at camp with you, uh-huh. and I was reading it, and I was literally like, I'm about to drop this book accidentally, in quotes, in the lake, because I'm so <laughs> done right now. I'm about, to, I'm about to read this book on the canoe and accidentally drop it. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could have so, used it as fuel for, like, the campfire. Yo, facts. Did they even do a campfire this year? I don't, I don't even remember not one fire. Oh my gosh, they didn't even use it. Dang. They used to do that every 
every single night they would do the campfire. And now it's like, if you're lucky, you get it once out of the whole summer. It's so sad. Sounds like a rough year. It. I remember you just saying like, oh, they used to, this wasn't as good as it was. (laughs) Well, it, it used to, there used to be, it's almost like they turned the volume down on like everything. Cause there used to be so many activities happening and there were so many, I don't know. Everyone was, everyone cared more. Nobody cares anymore, Hmm. which is kind of sad. Yeah. Like everyone is there. They're just, they're just there. It feels like they're there out of obligation more than anything. Exactly. And yeah, that's kind of sad. Because that was our 11th year there, and it's like you can just kind of see it slowly declining. It's like, oh, but my childhood. Oh, (laughs) it's awful. (laughs) Anyways, though. Anyways. (laughs) What was your, um, this is a long-ass tangent, what was your impression of this book? I thought you asked me what was my depression about. I was like, excuse me? (laughs) <laughs> that's not that this is not that kind of podcast no no um so let's start with when did you give me this book like sometime during the school year right did i give it to you the fall semester or the spring semester it had to be the spring semester there's no way i had it since the fall semester Are you sure Unless I did, and I'm just a terrible reader. It took a whole year to read a book. <laughs> no, wait, I think, I don't know. For some reason, I remember you having it in history class. I don't think so. But maybe, maybe I don't I'm mem- just wrong. I don't remember it back then. I think it was like late spring semester. Or at least like mid-spring semester. No, you know, you're probably right, because it, it only took you, yeah, no, spring semester. Because it only took me a couple months. It didn't take me, like, so Right, long. yeah. I finished that book in, like, like five months of on mm-hmm. and off reading. So it was probably, like, in, like, April that you gave it to me. Yeah, that sounds more accurate. Yeah. And uh, I was reading it, and you said, it's very important to me, and I want you to read it. And by that time, it was only fair because I made you watch a million movies that were important to me. <laughs> this is this is true. Yeah. I would force you to just watch movies with me. We wouldn't force it. You would just be like, oh my gosh, you have to watch this movie. You have to watch it. And then I would never do it on my own. So you're like, all right, we're going to school and we're watching movies. Yeah, that was the only a- accountability. I would have to show yeah. up with, with the DVD and I'd be like, we're watching it now. <laughs> or you would just take me to the movie theaters yeah exactly or we would go to the movies which was always super fun yeah except when the movies sucked like jurassic world the funnest part about jurassic world was eating chipotle and roasting it afterwards honestly that was that was more fun than watching the actual movie and the best part about detective pikachu was going to target and making a better movie Yes. Oh my gosh, we rewrote that thing in like fifteen minutes and, and made it, was it way, so much better. It was way better. That movie so much freaking that movie, better. That movie was trash. It was so disappointing. <laughs> I think about it now, and I was mad excited for that movie too. And I think about I know. it now, and you were like, "It's good." And then like, I, <laughs> we saw it, and then I was like, "Bro, what?" <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't say it was good. I said it was gonna be good. And then I saw it, 
with the Walmart oh, group. Yeah. And, then, you were like, and then I was like, no. You were like, I don't know if it's just me. Like, maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it. And then I watched it, and I was like, no, this movie just sucks. Because <laughs> well, I, I, I was having a bad day. I was in a really bad mood when I went to watch it with those guys. Yeah. Um, not because of those guys, but, like, I just was. And I'm like, okay, maybe my brain is just can't take in information that well. And then I watched it again with you, like, a week later, and I was like, no, it's just bad. Yeah, that was, that was a rough movie to sit through. I'm not going to lie. It's just a boring movie. It was boring. Because no, there was, like, nothing. No, Anyway. The coolest part about it, though, is the animation for the Pokemon was awesome. They were so cute. Yeah, it was, it was, it was incredible. But the rest of it was, like, ugh. I felt so bad for you. You like, when the, when the little one was crying within, like, the first half hour, you were like, I don't like this movie. I don't oh, want to watch I this movie. Because they're so cute that, like, I hate watching anything happen to animals, even though I force myself to do it on Instagram every day. And, like, <laughs> I just I just get so upset whenever I see animals hurt. It, like, hurts a part of me. There's, like, a part deep in me that gets, like, really upset. And it, like, stays with me for a very long time. Like... And Psyduck with his anxiety attacks, like... Oh, I know. To this day, no, I, I don't know if I could rewatch that movie because of that. Like, I don't know if I could go back and watch that movie because it's too much for me. Wow. <laughs> well, I, I understand the not wanting to see animals get hurt part. I'm just laughing because it hurts you, and yet you watch them anyways. Yeah, I go on the nature is metal Instagram because I'm like, okay, Eduardo, you're gonna have to get it through your head that nature is just like savagery. So I, mm-hmm. so I watch the videos that they put on, all the time, and I'm still thinking about one I saw like two weeks ago, and I'm like, why is life like this? <laughs> I saw this I video, like sh- huh? I feel like you just come away from those, like you go in there to educate yourself, but you just come out sad. I know. I watched a video of these crocodiles, and they were all in, like, a crocodile pit, and people were watching them, and this guy was throwing meat into the crocodile pit for them to eat, obviously, because it was feeding time. Uh-huh. And one of the crocodiles, he turned around to go go after the meat, right? And they're all, like, kind of close to each other. And another crocodile turned around and bit his hand and then did, like, a death spiral and ripped his hand off. What? Yes. And then the other and then and then ate it. And then the other crocodile was like confused and turned around and was like, I only I don't have a hand anymore. That's horrible. It was mad horrible. And everybody was like, everybody watching was like, oh my gosh. And it was a baby crying. And like, and then like the crocodile, I felt so bad for the croc it was probably an alligator. I don't know what the heck the difference is. I think it's an alligator. And the alligator was just like like kind of like wobbling around trying to figure out what the heck happened. That's so devastating. It the was poor little guy. Yeah, now that thing only has three feet. Oh, and he's so confused. Exactly. He's just like freaking, my hand just got ripped off. What is this? Poor and baby. they don't And they don't like whine or make whining noises. Like the crocodiles didn't make any, like the crocodile was silent the entire time. And That's the thing weird. like literally broke its arm and ate its hand. And I was like, this is too much for me right now. I watched it like 20 times, too. 
Oh, boy. Like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, anyway, we're not even supposed to be talking about crocodiles. We're talking about this book. I know. <laughs> I'm sitting here having a mental breakdown over a crocodile. I mean, it was sad, though. Sound, yeah, it sounds really bad. I feel terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, so this Sam dude in the... Anyway, what are we talking right. about? Right. What was your first... You, I was oh, trying okay, to ask yeah, you what yeah, was yeah, your yeah. impression. Yeah, we the went book. on a long tangent. I didn't even, I didn't even remember where we started. But yeah, so anyway, it's, so I was, it's just going to be one of those conversations. So I was reading it because you were like, "Oh, you got to read it" or whatever. So I was reading it, and I was, at first, I was like, "I don't know about this book." Like, I was just bored because I don't like things about people like in high school. If that makes sense. There's just like a very small percentage of things about people my age that I can like enjoy. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. Like I'm yeah. just into, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm into stuff that's like about adults being adults. And, um, but I was reading it and I was like, okay. And then I like took a very long break and then I went back to it and I was reading it. And then I was like, I was reading it at work every day. Where I don't work every day. I was reading at work every weekend, and I was really into it. And I was like, dang, this book is this book is entertaining, is what I should say. Like, I was being thoroughly entertained by this book and was having, yeah. like, a lot of fun with it. And, like, I liked the characters. I liked the whole Sam and Camila thing. Once that, like, started getting going, I was, like, really into that. And I was, which which led to the inevitable disappointment <laughs> that I was about to that I was that I was about to uh experience yeah, um, you didn't know it was coming in August yeah I had no clue I I thought I knew where it was going and I was totally okay with that and then I was destroyed emotionally nope. I was lied to this is why I, this book is why I have trust issues and that's definitely not why you have trust issues but okay no I have trust issues for so many other things but um <laughs> <laughs> but um, well she does she tricks you because they have such a nice little section where they're getting to know each other and they're spending more time together and, and then she the like beach, helps them through the some beach, stuff at the beach i know and i and they're like together and they're like kind of cuddling and like sam is like i think i like camila and it's like a big thing for him and i'm uh-huh. like yo and like the way he the way he describes her like over time and the book changes like it, they get more like personal and you're just like cuz like the, in the book for everybody out there this dude Sam is just like a movie nerd or whatever and he writes crappy screenplays and he plays World of Warcraft and this new girl moves to the school and everybody kind of like likes her and knows her and she's kind of like you know in all the groups but she takes like a specific very she she gets like very attracted to Sam and his group of friends, and over the course of time, he and this Camila girl start liking each other. But Sam is so socially inept and bad at reading signs. Not even bad at reading signs, just bad at being a person. And he throws it all away, and it made me upset. We didn't. He didn't throw it all away. Yes, he just he jeopardized did. it. He, he jeopardized it, it away. He burned it up and threw it in the garbage can. And then he threw the garbage can in the ocean. 
And then the ocean was swallowed up by a black hole. It was upsetting. I can see that. But yeah, he just oh. So anyway. I mean, it was it was pretty stupid. It was pretty stupid. Yeah, but I but before that anyway, I was really enjoying the characters. I like the whole Mike th- Mike right. That's the kid's name. Who's like gay. The best friend. Yes. Yeah, that's Mike. Yeah, Mike. His whole thing was interesting. Um, and then just how they're, like, interact. They're doing things that, like, I was like, yo, nobody can get away with doing that in high school. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I mean. There were some things. Some things. Not the whole book. There were parts of the book where I was like, nobody in high school is doing that. Like what? Like, nobody in high school is going to, like, that nightclub bar thing. Okay, that part, yeah, that's true. I was like, there's no way they'd be allowed in there. That's impossible. Camila wouldn't even no. be allowed to perform there, no matter if those people knew her. They don't want to get their liquor license taken away. That's true. I guess I guess that was just the author playing on her whole, like, oh, her dad's a famous journalist, so she can kind of go wherever she wants. Yeah, what is, he was like a, a, a movie, a, a music reviewer, right? He was like a, a music journalist? Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, and everybody knows him. Weirdly, they all know this one music journalist. Or he's an author too, right? I think so. Because they all knew him. Like for some, like they, like they knew him, knew him. I think it was just because he covers like all the really famous people. Yeah. No, he definitely was an author. I'm like almost ninety five percent certain about it. He probably, he probably was. Anyway, so, like, she's got connections or whatever. And, like, it kind of, like, this is how she gets, like, kind of with Sam and his crew is because they're kind of, like, indifferent to that about her and all the famous right. people she's met or whatever. But everybody else is like, oh, my God, who did you meet? You met this person and this person? Did you meet this person? And that's just kind of, like, annoying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because they're not really seeing her. They're just seeing all the famous people that she's interacted with. Exactly. But anyway, then there's this really kind of, like, sweet, budding relationship between Sam and Camila that grows into something more. And they play World of Warcraft together, which I found very interesting. I found very not whack when I was reading it. Mm Because usually with stuff like that, like when you see texting in movies or social media in movies, you like roll your eyes because you're like, this is bull crap. Right. And you're just like, this is not how that stuff works. But her and him playing World of Warcraft after after having met each other and like watching them like kind of. Just the descriptions of their interactions and how that this the author Melissa whatever Melissa Keel must love World of Warcraft because it seemed like she knew an awful lot about it. <laughs> I think yeah she um yeah I think she she's from somewhat of a nerd herself. Yeah, I mean she wrote Sam that way, and I'm like that has to be her. That has to be her. <laughs> Or, or at least like little little or, bits of her yeah. in there. Or I every, thought it was every a, author does that to some extent. Yeah, yeah. It's like how in every Tarantino movie, like all the characters talk like they're film nerds. They all have like this diverse, deep like understanding of pop culture, like he does. And they say right. things, and you're like, 
they all know about this. <laughs> right. Like the whole um thing with the with the cards and Inglorious Bastards. Like that scene was like and then the whole uh Michael Fassbender talking in the room with Winston Churchill and Mike Myers. That was like peak Tarantino just taking time to nerd out. Right. With a character. Anyway, so but it's really cool and like there's a part portion of the story where Sam gets like depressed and Camila's helping him with that, like over video chat. She also like goes on a trip at around the same oh, horrible timing. <laughs> All his friends like leave for I think a school vacation or something, and she goes to visit her mom. Yeah. And his parents decide right on the very first day of vacation as everyone's leaving, oh, we're gonna get divorced and your dad left this morning. Yeah, that was rough. I was like, like, okay, great. I was kind of surprised that he took it that hard. Really? I mean, well, yes and no. No, because it's your parents splitting up and that's a hard thing to deal with. Mm -hmm. but also, yes, a little surprised because throughout the book, he's kind of like showing how much he dislikes his dad and how he's treating Sam and his mom and how like he doesn't really think his parents are a good fit for each other. So I was a little surprised that he was, if, if he, if not also depressed, at least a little bit relieved. That's true. Yeah. But maybe that's just how I look at things. I don't know. Well, I think like, I think it just shows, like, how complicated, like, his relationship with all of them is, right? It's like when, like, like victims of, like, some sort of crime or whatever, right? Like, some, like, they get, like, there's almost, like, a, a feeling that they have for the person who did whatever they did to them, too. Uh-huh. So it's, like, even in Sam's, like, kind of disdain for his dad, like, he still loves his dad deep down and his dad was still with him for a lot of his life and like his parents marriage probably means a lot to him even though he knows it's better that they're separating but that doesn't make it like any less sad if that makes sense no yeah I understand that yeah so and you said you told me that you got to like email with the author whoa yeah I did yeah, I did back when I read the book. I found, I was like, I think I was looking her up to see if she wrote any other books. And I found her email and I figured I'd just give it a shot and tell her how much I liked the book. And she actually responded and we went back and forth like briefly and it was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Famous people or people who make stuff like never want to talk to people. <laughs> I think there are two kinds of creative people. I think there's the kind where it's like they make their stuff and they don't want to talk to anybody who's actually consuming their stuff. And then there's the other people where they're like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to talk to everybody. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of creators who've made stuff. Oh, we'll we'll talk about that at the end. Anyway, back to this book. So you told me in like skimming it and re-looking at it, your opinion on it was, like, kind of changing? 
a little bit. How so? I think when I first read it, I just kind of blindly loved all the main characters without really considering the decisions they were making and just how flawed some of the stuff was. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm, I'm definitely, I think when I read it in my sophomore year, I could see myself really getting along with all these people like perfectly well. And now because I have become a drastically different person, I'm like the only person in here that I could talk to probably without getting annoyed is Kim, is Camilla and Mike. Yeah, they seem to be, as time goes on, you're like, this is the only two rational characters. Yes. Sam is like on this, almost like he can't help himself, like path of destruction <laughs> with every relationship in his life. He doesn't think that anything is ever going to work out. So he's just like, you know what? Let me just chop it down now before it even has the chance to grow and turn into something. Yeah, it causes him to make decisions that you're like, why would you do this? I know. Why can't you just think like a normal human being, Sam? He's not a normal human being. No, he isn't. He like... And everyone was trying to tell him that... Camilla liked him. Camilla was trying to tell him. Mike was trying his—he was trying his best to tell this kid, like, "You're being so blind and so stupid." And he still messed it up. Yep. Which leads—it's like the most frustrating part of that book for me was when he kisses Allison. Spoiler alert. I know. Allison being another person in the, uh, in the friend group, and she's at his house. What she like consoling him or whatever. He was sick because he, I think his feelings for Camilla were getting too strong for him. So he stayed home from school sick because he didn't want to face her. Yeah. And then Allison came over to check on him because I guess he wasn't responding, I don't know, to messages or something. And she just was like, she just kissed him. And then he kissed her back. Yeah. And then you're like, my dude... Why must you do this to me? I have been so invested in you and Camila getting together, and you're going to throw it away right now. I know, and I just, I don't... And that's exactly what he does. He throws it away. They don't ever get together. <laughs> and it's very unfortunate. And then he has to tell her, and then you're like, oh, my God, somebody make the pain stop. No, he, that's the thing. He didn't tell her. Someone oh, he else didn't? told her. Oh, shoot. That's right. Because that, okay, that whole interaction with him and Allison was super weird. He, she kissed him. He kissed her back. And then I can't remember who stopped it, but like they stopped it. And then she was, I guess, expecting a compliment or something. Yeah. She was like mad at him he, because he said something wrong. He said it was interesting. Yeah. And she or was no, like, he said it was weird, but cool. And then she was like, weird. And then it all, it all went off the rails. And he was like, oh, what? <laughs> right. But at the same time, like, you went over to his house and then you just kind of sprung yourself on him. I feel like. I think weird I is she warranted. Got, she, got so, she got so offended about him 
not immediately liking it. Yeah, it's like you don't just expect your a, a person you're friends with to just barge into your house and kiss you. Right? And, like, they were friends for a while. I know, right? And, like, when you're friends for that long and you haven't dated, chances are... <laughs> you're not gonna. You're, you don't like each other enough to do that. And you... No, I mean, he makes it pretty clear that he doesn't like her, so I don't know... I don't know, like, you can be disappointed, but she got straight up pissed off at him. I know. And I was like, dang, Allison, chill out. Like, I don't like Sam either, but you need to chill out. Right? And then she goes and she complains to the other, the last friend in the group, who's Adrian, and she tells him everything that happened, and then Adrian, I guess, thinks it's good news because he goes and tells Camilla what happened and then Camilla's texting him like oh I heard about you and Allison that's super great congratulations while she's like crying heartbroken in her room because this dude didn't know what the heck to do I know and I was like why I was like she liked you fool why couldn't you just go along with it like she liked you so much and you got distracted by this other chick that wasn't even worth your time. Or I guess, I don't know, I wouldn't say Allison wasn't worth his time, but he was on a different path, and Allison set him off the path. If Allison had shown up prior to Camilla in some sort of romantic fashion, then I would have been like, okay. But... Well, when we say that, because they already established, like, it's in, the, it's in, like, the second chapter. He goes over every single one of his friends, and he's already established that, like, she's not like that. It's, that's also true. I think he compares her, hang on, he compares her to, I'm pretty sure he compares her to, like, a, a boy that hasn't hit puberty yet. Oh, I do remember something like that. I'm trying to... Find the part. Okay, she says, he says, so, okay, I think he could actually, no, he compares himself to, I think, a a pubescent boy or something, but he says that Allison is one of those girls who might hit puberty at 25 if she's lucky. Dang. So, that's rough. Yeah, he clearly doesn't like her. No. That way, anyways. Yeah. Like, they're friends. He likes her, but he doesn't like having any, like, romantic... He's not like, she's the most beautiful creature who I've ever known in my entire life. No. So when I say she's not worth his time, I mean, like, not that she's not worth it as a person, but if she was... If it wasn't going to work out with Camilla and she was a possible romantic interest, then sure, you know, go for it, explore it. But he had just realized who he really had feelings for. So she wasn't worth the distraction. Yeah, yeah. I, and you said he compares himself to a boy who hasn't hit puberty. Yet. I remember John Mulaney. He's like, I'm like, when am I going to grow up and get big and strong? This is it. <laughs> it's like, you're not. Yeah, exactly. It's rough. So in... Then there's, we haven't talked about Justin Zagoni and just how awful a person he is. 
that. He's just a bully. He's got he did a lot of this book does have a lot of like the tropes. It's a very it's a very stereotypical, like almost like an eighties high school movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like those same types of characters all exist but in the modern world. Exactly. Yeah. If we were to like okay. Rating this book from one to ten. Oh boy. Huh? I haven't even thought about that. First off, who's your favorite character? Definitely Camilla. Same. All right. Yeah. We agree on that. That was easy. <laughs> <laughs> She's definitely the best character in the book. She's the most innocent character in the book. She's like the nicest character. Yo, that is also mad true. She's even nice to Adrian. And like... It sounds like that's hard sometimes. Yeah, I, he sounds like one of those. He sounds like the annoying friend that like you can't get rid of. Like you like him, but sometimes you're like, "Can you just shut up?" Yeah, or like you don't even know what to do. Like, like you need them in doses. Yeah. I have friends like that. Same. I'm like, you know what? I'll deal with you for like one day this week, and then maybe two days next week. That's about as much as I can take of you right now. I used to be, I feel like I used to be more generous and I'd like give people larger doses. I'm like, okay, you annoy me, but like, I don't know, I'll still do it. And now I'm just like, no, you don't get any dose. Yeah, facts. I'm just like, nope, I, no, well, they're very yeah. limited people at this point. I understand that so much. Like in high school, like, bro, I couldn't say no to people. No. I was hanging out with everybody. Even people, I was like, you know what? I'm really not in the mood right now. I was like, I can't. I was like, I can't be mean to this person. Right, same. And now I'm just like, you know what? I I just refuse to talk to you. I literally have two friends now. <laughs> uh-huh. I literally have two friends, and you're one of them. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like that. That's how. That's how. That's how. That's how far. Or I should say I only have, like, two best friends that I, like, talk to on a regular basis. Yeah. I mean, everyone has those occasional friends. Yeah, everybody else is, like, I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't, because we don't see each other, it's like, maybe if you text me out of the blue one day, we'll talk. Right. Yeah. But... It's interesting. But rating this book, hmm. what are we thinking? I almost want to give it like a dang. I don't know. A what? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to judge it fairly. Yeah. I'm thinking like a high six, low seven that's mm-hmm. very enjoyable. That's what that's where I was going with it too, like a seven, maybe a seven point five, just because of like how emotionally attached I was to it in the past. Yeah. But I'd, I'd probably go with a seven point five. It's definitely an enjoyable book, and for people like in early high school. Yeah, it's a very good young adult novel. Yeah, I can like I can see that being like like that's a demographic, obviously. So, yeah. but I can see people in that age range enjoying it a lot more. 
Most likely, yeah. In other book news, though, you got to meet another author oh. <laughs> this past weekend who's also made a very important contribution to our lives. Yes, I think that one even more so than this one. Yeah. May, tell, let everybody in on what happened. Okay, so this weekend there was a there was a book reading at the Boston Public Library for Andre Asiman's new book, um, Find Me, which is the sequel to Call Me By Your Name. So, got to meet the guy, and it was pretty amazing. He was he was really nice. He was really he was very down to earth and he was so funny like he was cracking jokes while he was being interviewed like it was it was was really nice what was some of your like interaction that you're able to have with him besides the initial like because we were in there for a little over an hour and um one of the guys from wgbh because the studio is in the library he was interviewing him and then he was asking him like about his creative process and how he writes and basically he 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 was just like i don't i never know how anything is going to work i just kind of sit down and it it happens Um, which was interesting because i always pictured him as the kind of author who like knows exactly where he's going but he was like nope i just sit down and i write and i see um and then after the talk there was a book signing so I got to have him autograph a few books and shake his hand and talk to him for a few minutes, and it was it was pretty surreal. Did he tell you anything, like, special or funny or anything like that? Um, are, you, are you talking about the, the later? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, they, they, like, put your name in the sticky, in a, on a sticky note and put it in the book so that way he could just flip open the page and, and sign it. So he saw my name and he was like, oh, where are you from? And I I was like, oh, I, I'm from California. That's where I was born. And he was like, but with a name like yours, you're just from California? And I was explaining, well, my dad's from Jordan. So that's why my name is so not from here. <laughs> and he was asking if I knew Arabic, which I don't because that was never us. There was never a priority in my house, I guess, for me to learn that language. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, but one day I, I hope to learn. And he was like, ah, one day later, I see what you're doing. And he was just like, it was really funny because it was such a, it was like, reference that's one of Oliver's favorite yeah. words. And it was such a nice reference. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. He's like personable. Oh. He was so sweet. He was so cool. Like, it was amazing. You have an accent? A little bit, yeah. I couldn't place where it was from, but it was definitely an accent. I'll have to look up, like, Andre Osman, like, interviews or something like that. He was born in Egypt, but, like, he's moved all over the place. So yeah. I have no idea where the accent's from. When, yeah, I, I was reading something about him, and he was like, he's an American born in Egypt. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's something. Mm-hmm. But I guess his parents, like, have resi- were 
residents of America and maybe they traveled there and he was born there. I have no clue. I'm not sure. He didn't get into that part. I have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I didn't know how much time we were going to have to like speak to him. And it ended like right as the library was closing. So we didn't really have a whole lot of time. So I had written him a note saying, you know, just thank you for the book. I'm a, I, I appreciate your work a lot. And he asked me to give him his, my email so he could respond. And he, and he did like that same night he responded to the letter and I was like, wow. You didn't tell me about this. I forgot. To have a crap. I got to learn about it now on the podcast. I'm sorry. I kept meaning to, Nestle but then like, we kept have a talking mess about, is this? We kept getting distracted and talking about so many other I things. I thought I was important. You're supposed to share things with me. Oh my gosh, you are important. Doesn't even let me know that Andre Osman replied to her in an email. Literally the day we were talking about it. It's freaking like five <laughs> days later. It's it's like two days later. It's not like two days later. Oh wait, they it happened exactly on Sunday. Two days later. Okay, yeah, it is yeah. two days later. But still. Sorry. What did what did what 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 did he say? He was um he was thanking me for the letter and he was he was moved that I put in the time to kind of write down all the emotions that I had from the book and he was saying um. I didn't say anywhere in the letter that I am a writer or that it's something I aspire to do. But he said in the email, like, if you decide to choose the path of writing, don't um, just kind of go for it. He Don't abandon it. I don't know. I can I can send you a picture of it later. But, yeah, it was really, it was really sweet. Now, did you tell him about me? No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I am literally the worst person um, when it comes to talking under pressure because I had a whole, like, paragraph of things I wanted to say to him when I got up to him, and then it was my turn, and my brain was just, nope, you're going to shut off. You're not going to, no, nothing. I couldn't say anything. (laughs) That happens. I mean, you're meeting somebody who's, like, really inspirational to you. I mean, yeah, he's, like, one of the most influential authors I think I've ever red so it was kind of big yeah and that's awesome he said though something that made me really sad which was that there are currently no movie plans for find me i don't i think they didn't option the book which means that um it's i think it's what i said that they were going to go their own original route with the screenplay for it because oh, oh. Find Me is currently in development, according to IMDb. Mm. So I think they're just not, they didn't option the book. They just decided not to use it for their sequel. They were going a whole different route. Dang, that would have been, ugh, that would have been awesome if they did. Because that book was, it was surprising. Let me look it up. See. And just make sure. Because that's what I had heard. I had read, I definitely had read it somewhere. That's probably what they're doing. Dang, the New Yorker, find me as a shallow sequel to Call Me By Your Name. The what? I said the New Yorker was like, never mind. They're, it's upsetting. Oh. 
It's not a shallow sequel. Yeah, it was like, well, I mean, I haven't read it, so I don't know, but the way you described it, it's not, so. It was, wasn't the way I thought the sequel was going to go. But then he talked, he kind of talked about that too. Um, I can't talk about it because I don't want to give anything away about the book, but it makes sense, I think. Is there going to be another move sequel? Uh, oh, he was hoping to make one for 2020. Um, in oh January, he said it would. Okay. Hold on, I'm making sure. Oh, okay. Mm, this is my life. Just looking up movie stuff. Uh, yes, I'm reading. Ah, James Ivory said he's not going to return for the script. No! What? That's rough. But we need him. Army Hammer said the film isn't formally in the works, but he's had he hasn't had explicit conversations with either Chalamet or Guadagnino about it. Dang. He said a, a, a sequel. He felt he said he felt a sequel may not match the expectation. Oh, uh, this is rough. Now my life I is know. over. You know how excited I was for a fi- Call Me By Your Name sequel? I know. Because I loved that movie. You know I so love that good. movie. We both love that movie. And, the, and, well, you read the book. I haven't read the book, but. I mean, it was, it was beautiful. Both things were beautiful, the book and the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that changes. Dang. Because Guadagnino, I remember when all that stuff was coming out about a sequel being happening, and Guadagnino was like, oh, yeah, it'll take place, like, uh, after the fall of the Berlin Wall and, like, all the politics of the time will be involved in it at the same time as the movie and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. And now it's like, oh, we don't know. Sad. Hopefully they, like, option, hopefully the book gets, like, bought and, like, they're like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. I hope so. Because that's, I definitely want, I definitely want to see that. I would love, I would love for it to return. But obviously you can't make artists make what they don't want to make, so. No, I mean. It would just be nice. I guess, I guess I would rather them not do anything at all. If they're going to hate it. And it comes out like half-assed, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because if they're just going to ruin it, or not ruin it on purpose, but if it's not going to be done to the same quality that it was before, I'm like, I don't know if I want that. I don't know if I want to see that. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I guess I guess we'll see. Maybe in 2020 we'll get some good news. Hopefully. Because that is something I definitely would love to uh to happen. Yeah. That and where my Suspiria sequels at, Luca Guadagnino. Because that is a movie. He was like, oh, yeah, I have, like, ideas for, like, three more. Mm-hmm. 
he's like, we could do one in like the 1500s in Ireland and something like this and something like that. And I was like, oh my guy, you better give that to me. You can't just be saying stuff like this. That'd be very interesting. Because a lawsuit. What? Oh, wow. So there was a whole thing. Oh, I, I remember hearing about this. There was like a there was like a lawsuit um for the movie because there was like some artist was like um uh two two images in the in the in the teaser trailer for the movie they said was like plagiarism of their work. So like Amazon had to like they had to like reshoot some stuff. Oh. To get it taken out of the movie. But yeah. Interesting. But I guess there's he, uh, a potential prequel. I have this image in my mind of Helena Marcos in solitude in the year 1212 in Scotland or Spain, wandering through a village and trying to find a way to manipulate the women of the village. I have this image. I know she was there. I know it was six to 700 years before the actual storyline of this film. So... Who knows? I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Luca Guadagnino should just keep making movies because as we've both realized, we are fans. Oh, yes. Of Very much. Work. One day we'll have to watch Suspiria. Maybe. Maybe. It's not as horrifying as I think like it's played up to be. I know, but I'm at, like... But also Spooky Season was hard for you. Harder than I but expected also... it to be. It's, it wasn't even that the movies were scary. The movies were not that scary. It was my brain just... <laughs> my imagination just kind of goes and goes and goes and doesn't know when to stop. Yeah. I I can only think of one thing in the whole movie that would be, like, considered... That may leave the movie with you. Leave you. Mm. Leave, leave the movie, yeah, with you. You were right the first time. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not, I, but at the same time, it's also very like circumstantial to like what happens in the movie. So I'm also like, uh-huh. this isn't necessarily something that can apply to you and your life either. Right. So I don't know. Maybe one day. I do want to watch his other, Luca Guadagnino, the first two movies in his love trilogy, because apparently Call Me By Your Name is the third movie in what he describes as his trilogy of love. Right, I just I just heard about that too. I just learned about it, and I now I need to watch the other ones. Yeah, because I need to know. We should we should watch them together. Yes. And then we can do a podcast called Luca Guadagnino's Love Trilogy. That would be a good idea. We should do that. We could talk about all three of the movies. Yes. All right. I like that idea. We have to make sure we do that for 2020 in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Maybe okay, for we the keep summer. Throwing- for the summer? Yeah, maybe. Because we'll be together, yeah. so we could, like, rent the movies and watch them. True, yeah. You gotta write this stuff down, because we've been throwing out ideas left and right, but we're not actually doing any... We're not making a list. Yeah, yeah, we just have our 2019 <laughs> plans. Yeah. We gotta have another meeting. Yes, yes, yes. Anyway, though... Uh, life in outer space. Life in outer space. If you're young, 
Or if you just want something that might be fun and disposable to read, you should read it. Yeah. Uh, nice. I mean, the ending is pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, definitely worth the time, I think. Yes. Like, if you're so. interested, you should read it. Because it's at yeah. least fun. I think, um, I think on that note, I'm going to have to wrap it up. Yeah. So thank you for listening to another episode of Couple Critique. We talk about our first book, and we will be talking about more books in the future, and also movies. And this podcast comes out every Friday, so look out for yes. that. Lots of good things to look forward to. Yes. And for the rest of the month, I think we're doing Gone Girl, The Big Short, and something else. I can't remember. I think that might be it. No. Maybe, because then the week after, is it's it starts December, right? No, there's still like four weeks. Oh, maybe. Oh, you might be right. I don't know. Aren't there like three weeks left in the... in the? Nope, that doesn't make sense. I don't. All right. Ms. I don't Re- know. Miss Reen's probably right, because I'm, I'm not that smart, so... I have everything like on a calendar. Yeah, same. Not I have on it, me. I have it on my phone calendar. Yeah. But anyway... Thank you, guys. And uh, we'll see you guys next week.